This is Mark Stein. Winter is a big blah, so it's time to get out of town with the ultimate cabin fever reliever. Join me on the 2024 Mark Stein Caribbean Cruise, sailing from Florida to the Bahamas, Jamaica, the Caymans, and Mexico for a full week of sun, sea, and civilizational collapse. I'll have special guests from around the world, from America, Canada, Britain, Europe, the House of Lords. And we'll do all the things you like about the Mark Stein Show and Stein Online, but close up and on water. More details at steinonline.com or marksteincruise.com. The Stein Online Clubland Q&A begins right now. Welcome along, February 9th, 2024. It is 3 p.m. Deep State Standard Time, 4 p.m. in the beautiful Canadian Maritimes, 4.30 p.m. in fabulous Newfoundland, and beyond the Americas, 8 p.m. in London and Dublin, 9 p.m. in Paris and Berlin, 10 p.m. in Kiev and Tel Aviv, 11 p.m. in Yemen, for all you hooties hootie hooting out there. 11.30 p.m. in Tehran for all you Newfoundlanders who moved to Iran for the half-hour time zone. 1.45 a.m. in Kathmandu for all you Iranians who moved to Nepal to check out the quarter-hour time zone. 4 a.m. in Singapore and Honkers. Sorry about that. 7 a.m. in Sydney and Melbourne. 9 a.m. in Auckland, a rather more convivial hour for the Kippers and Kedgeri. And even deeper into the weekend in His Majesty's Dominions across the Pacific, where you're so far behind, you probably know the verdict in Mark's appeal case by now. This is uh, Melissa House, and I'm here for Mark Stein today. Uh, he had great ambitions this morning to, uh, to be with you today, but uh, it's all sort of caught up with him being in that deranged uh, city of D.C., and so he's taking a bit of a rest, and so I'm fielding some questions for him today. So what should we start with? The good news or the bad news? Well, the bad news you all know already. Uh, the verdict came in yesterday. And, uh, you know, it was disappointing, of course. But honestly, after 12 years in the system, not entirely uh, unexpected. Uh, the good news. Let's, let's do some good news about that. We had a wonderful team with us, uh, two lawyers that joined us just a few months before trial, uh, pitching in as assistant trial counsel. Justin Miller and Christopher Bartolomucci uh, were just fabulous. They jumped right in and uh, were very helpful and are now going to be taking it forward uh, to the next stages, which, which we'll talk about in a little bit. 
other members of the team, which uh, those of you who've watched the WebEx would know or be familiar with, Victoria Weatherford, Mark Deliquil, Mark Balin, Renee Knutson, and all of the support team from Baker uh, were there uh, helping us and uh, being very uh, generous to us as their uh, co-defendants, uh, and I think they did a fine job as well. So the good news is that um, we had a lot of friends that came to visit and to support while we were there in D.C., namely some Minnesotans. John and Lori Hindraker were there, as was our favorite uh, former presidential candidate, Michelle Bachman. And just, just to start things off in sort of the right tone, I think, today, because I know you know, there are a lot of emotions out there. People are upset. People are angry. <clears throat> but one of the things, one of the remarkable things that happened in the last few days is that we had a huge prayer chain uh, going across the country and actually across the world. And um, some of it was shared with a particular piece of scripture that Michelle Bachman found, which I think uh, really suits this particular uh, situation. And uh, it's Isaiah 29, 18 to 21. For the ruthless will come to an end, and the scorner will be finished. Indeed, all who are intent on doing evil will be cut off, who cause a person to be indicted by a word, and ensnare him who adjudicates at the gate, and defraud the one in the right with meaningless arguments. Could you think of a more perfect summing up of the uh, plaintiff's case than meaningless arguments? So let's go to our first questions. <clears throat> Mrs. S.E. Priest, Dear Mark, as a new member from Wokingham, UK, my husband and I were very upset and annoyed to see the verdict. But we hope the damages will be changed as you write in your article. We hope you can relax a little and build up your strength. I have ordered your hockey stick just before they all ran out, and I'm looking forward to its arrival. Hopefully, it will help slightly towards your legal palaver. Good luck from Sylvia and Stephen. Well, welcome to the club. Sylvia and Stephen, and thank you so much for, for signing up. It's, it's the outpouring, um, as, we, as, as we've been in D.C. and in the wake of this verdict, has been really, has been really wonderful. And, uh, and as you say, uh, we do hope the damages will be changed. Um, and, uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, in a bit. Allison Castellina writes, I'm beginning to think there may be a silver lining. Does your guilty verdict mean that man cannot appeal and thereby string out his miserable and benighted case, quote-unquote, for another 12 years? Does it mean you never, ever, for all time, have to engage with the now infamous, quote-unquote, mean look? How soon can your appeal be heard by the Supreme Court? Well, uh, these, are, these are excellent questions again from Allison. Always good questions from Allison. Uh, yeah, I think that in the good news, bad news department, the good news is that the uh, 
guilty verdict, I think, unless there's a mistrial declared or a new trial ordered, that that we don't have to sit through uh, one of those trials again in D.C. And so that the next steps will be argued by, you know, real lawyers um, with the big papers in uh, various appellate levels uh, until the Supreme Court. I do think it's likely that it will get to the Supreme Court. Nick Russell on the same theme writes, Is it worth appealing? The verdict is an obvious and egregious miscarriage of justice. Is there any chance that the appellate court will redress this by correctly applying the law of defamation? I don't know about that. I mean, it's just, these are the same folks, I think, uh, still sitting on the Court of Appeals that um, heard our co-defendant's interlocutory appeal so many years ago and who sat on it for years. Um, in fact, Mark testified against some of those justices when he appeared before Ted Cruz's um, Senate subcommittee. So whether or not uh, we'll get anything at that level, I, I'm not sure about that. Bill Denier, the science guy, there's a good argument for judgment, uh, NOV, <clears throat> as, but as a recovering trial lawyer, I am wary. Man has someone else picking up his legal tab and would slowly roast the defendants over the appellate fires. A better option would be to accept the verdict as to damages and ask the judge to, one, invoke the federal view that punitives have to be tied to a single-digit multiple of special and general damages, no proof of malice, First Amendment, etc., and two, decline a cost award. Man testified that he has not paid cost or fees, ergo no cost to award plaintiff. Man might appeal from a reduction in punitives and disallowance of costs. But that is a much simpler appeal than one involving an NOV and would be far cheaper for the defendants. Well, I, you, Bill has touched on a couple of things, obviously, that we're looking at. Uh, he points out this, this single-digit point that... Um, Really, the punitives should be somewhere in the you know two to nine dollar range, uh, if if you apply this standard. But you know it's D.C. and so it has this sort of strange mix of law that sometimes is a bit impenetrable. Uh, but certainly, we'll be keeping you updated on that. Gary Alexander writes. What are the costs, time delays, and major risks involved with appealing this outrageous one million punitive fine to the U.S. Supreme Court? The main risk being they will deny hearing it, and you may be stuck with the lynch mob's verdict. Well, I, I think we're quite a bit um, uh, we're quite a bit away from the U.S. Supreme Court level. I mean, we actually have a motion that is still sitting before Judge Irving that he has not ruled on. Uh, and he may he may do something with it. Who knows? Um, but in either event, we always knew that um, that man and his lawyers were planning to appeal regardless of the verdict because they want to bring uh, our former co-defendants, National Review and CEI, back into the case. In fact, uh, they indicated as much to the Washington Post uh, on the day of the verdict yesterday that that's that they were next. Uh, they're going for them next. So there's always going to be an appeal, regardless of the outcome. LJO writes, We have been praying for your speedy recovery to vigorous good health. 
The jury's verdict is absurd, but not surprising. It is, of course, a D.C. jury. I don't know D.C. law, but in Nevada, as in most states, you would be able to make a motion for judgment notwithstanding the verdict to correct an obviously unjust jury verdict. In any event, I hope that you will appeal if the verdict is allowed to stand. While the word travesty is too quickly resorted to in most cases, it is certainly appropriate in this one. That's right, LGO. They do have it in uh, D.C., this, this same law, but they uh, sort of refer to it in shorthand as Rule 50, and that is still currently pending before the judge, and he certainly can act on it. And I think we'll be adding some, some notes to that. William Struk writes, the regime always gets its man. I was wondering if you were going to hop the red eye out of the country last night. I felt nothing but bitter disappointment and bile myself. I've been a foot soldier in the free speech wars from the dread Danish cartoons of blasphemy to Charlie Hebdo and even Man v. Stein. The free speech wars are over and free speech has lost. I wish I had something more to say, some words of encouragement, but I do not. Frankly, I'm wondering if now is the time to just shut the hell up. Well, that's that's the that's the point of this kind of lawfare is to is to make people censor themselves, to make them shut up. And, you know, I think a lot of people will be doing that. Um and uh you really can't you really can't uh Well, anyway, so the next one is Jeff Kuba. My hopes for the future of this once great nation have sunk even lower. What a depressing day. But once more into the breach and all that, we'll continue to offer fervent prayers for Mr. Stein. Point me to whatever crowdfunding platform would allow us to help contribute to the Pay Marks $4 fund. Well, we won't be... um, we won't be doing a crowdfunding platform, but we do welcome people to uh, join the club and to buy a gift certificate. And if something is needed later on, we'll we'll let you know about that. But we certainly do appreciate there have been so many that have joined overnight. It's been fantastic. Mark, uh, let's see, David writes, Mark, you and Rand were screwed, not just the D.C. courts, not just a weak judge who allowed man's lawyer to buffalo him, not just a jury who couldn't bother to show on time to court. No, you guys were screwed by Al Gore and the American education system that insisted that his BS scare film, an inconvenient bald-faced lie, be mandatory indoctrination in every school across America. Those jurors were either fed that swill personally or their children were, and they went along with it. My children, all adults, were quite dismayed by the outcome. No, they did not see Al Ogre's horror film. They all went to religious schools that see this nonsense for what it is, false God worship. If it's any help, my American lawyer son-in-law thinks that 9 to 1 is the max ratio between punitive and actual damages. That's, that's what we were discussing earlier. In truth, though, the fact even this jury found you liable for only $1 in damages shows that even they thought that man did not prove his claim. Get healthy, Mark. There are a lot of us out here who need your wit and wisdom. Ball bounces in Tucson, writes, one million and then one. A hockey stick. 
They were sending a message. Gordon McMichael writes, Indeed, one hopes that the ratio between compensatory and punitive damages will be reduced dramatically without you having to endure a long appeal process. Nevertheless, what other than undermining cooperation between the co-defendants was the jury's justification for the huge discrepancy in punitive damages assessed against yourself and the estimable Mr. Simberg? Well, I think it's as simple as, uh, I don't know if you saw that in the, um, the last witness in, um, in our co-defendant's case was Mr. Simberg himself. And uh, he did speak about his personal financial situation, and I think that they probably took that on board. Uh, Mark didn't testify to that, but I think that, like a lot of people, uh, they assume that if you're, you know, you've been on Fox News or you've been on television, that you're just, uh, you know, rolling around in billions of dollars. Charles McCarthy writes, the awarding of $1 in compensatory damages to both you and Rand is a singular triumph for your position that the plaintiff suffered no measurable harm. I'm disappointed that the jury found any defamation, but with a D.C. jury, what could we really expect? That's, uh, that's a very good point, Charles. Uh, I, I actually was surprised at the, at the $1 in compensatory damages, and, and pleasantly so. Um, and, and I think that does go to, go to the point that, that we, did, we did prove the case that uh, he did have no damages. Unfortunately, you know, there, there didn't seem to be a lot of explanation between compensatory and uh, punitive uh, with the jury, so I don't think that they understood sort of how that all worked. Richard, oh, wait, it's jumped ahead on me. Scott Webster writes, trying on a new career, your bravura legal performance, at least as dramatized by the Geico lizard, may win you a rare opportunity to argue before the U.S. Supreme Court. Pretty good for a rookie. Uh, I, I would agree with that. I would, uh, I agree with that point, Scott. The, the thing with Mark was, you know, he was really, um, he really did an amazing job, uh, and if you actually knew what he was having to go through uh, physically and medically to be able to do that, uh, you would be even more impressed. I mean, one of the unfortunate side effects of some of the medications that he's now on is that he has to sort of time how he takes them so that he is able to, <clears throat> you know, sort of do some of these uh, long questioning sessions or to deliver the opening statements or deliver the closing statements. And so that then has knock-on effects. And so uh, behind the scenes, it was actually very impressive to see how he was able to rise to the occasion, uh, given that given that situation. Richard Borzyshowski writes, Hi, Mark. Terrible but not unexpected verdict. It seems to me that the jury and in parentheses, of your peers, question mark, chose to disregard the hard evidence in the case and instead latched on to the climate denial equals election denial brass ring put forth by the plaintiff at the very end. Reminds me of a very famous case in the past when a certain jury ignored hard evidence and fell in love with the catchy phrase, if it doesn't fit, 
you must acquit. On the good news side, you don't have to pay out $83 million for damages. For now, get the hell out of Washington and on that Caribbean cruise and enjoy that sea air. Well, it's, I'm glad that you uh, brought up this old Johnny Cochran quote. In fact, that was, uh, that was a clever line that uh, I think was uh, originally slated to be in the opening statement and somehow uh, didn't, didn't wind up coming out. But uh, Mark had crafted a, quite a clever one about if the tree ring doesn't fit, uh, you must acquit. And uh, so unfortunately, we didn't get to hear that. But, uh, but it, was, uh, it would have been good to hear, uh, to hear live. Uh, Alyssa Angel writes, Mark, do you think your case would have turned out differently in a court west of the Picos? Well, there's a lot of talk about the D.C. jury pool makeup uh, and what, if any, effect that had on the verdict. And I don't know if it's all political or uh, generational, but it's, I don't know that it would necessarily be different west of the Picos. We have a whole new generation that has has uh, grown up in the system with a with without um, being impressed with free speech. They think free speech is a racist dog whistle, and so they look at these things through a very different lens. I think than than uh, those of us that are that uh, came a little earlier. <clears throat> Uh, one of the things I did want to say that I that I forgot to mention earlier, you know, going back to the good news versus bad news thing, is that uh, we did encounter some very uh, lovely uh, people in D.C. that helped make that month-long stay, uh, you know, bearable. And there were many people, and I won't, you know, reveal their identities because I I wouldn't want them to get in trouble. But there were many uh, court personnel, security guards at the court, uh, those that we interacted with every day, that were shocked by the verdict, concerned by the verdict, upset by the verdict, uh, that came up to came up to us afterwards. And so, you know, we don't want to indict the whole city. There were some wonderful people there, and. Uh, you know, the wonderful uh, doorman at the hotel that, that took care of Mark and helped get him in and out uh, in one of these tricky ADA situations. So it's it's not all. And, oh, oh I don't want to forget Steve from Manhattan, who was our lovely uh, door opener for a week. Uh, so we had Manhattan and uh, Minnesota contingents that were there in the court. And also, of course, Andrew Lawton, our colleague from Canada, was there as well. So uh, just back to your questions here. <clears throat> Chris Davies writes, Mark, all things considered, I hope you are as well as you can be. There are a million reasons why I hope you can now have a decent rest before the Mark Stein cruise. The hockey stick verdict is a travesty and a farce, but I'm sure it came as no surprise to you. I know your mentality when it comes to the likes of GoFundMe with good reason, May I commend to members of the Mark Stein Club to avail themselves of a substantial Mark Stein gift certificate? Despite ruinous health, you have put yourself on the line to protect free speech, and the least folks like me can do is dig deep to support you, not only with the cost of that case, but also the critical upcoming case against Ofcom. 
Free speech is not free of charge. We must prevail, and as our standard bearer, you must be appropriately supported. All the best, Mark. Also, on that same note, Johnny Woodrow writes, Dear Mark, all the cool dissidents have a guilty verdict slapped on them. Does the corrupt U.S. quote-unquote justice system have to fall under the growing weight of madcap verdicts like the one you received this week? Is that the only hope for it now? That's my take-home from your case. It can't reform itself from within. And so it must die publicly as it screams insanities and shows itself unfit for purpose. Your loss this week is a medical report on the state of U.S. justice and climate fraud. And therefore it is a win, exposing what we're up against. Press on. Ofcom next. Blessings and prayers. Johnny Woodrow. Well, on that point about Ofcom, uh, we do have a date. We have a date uh, for our uh, one-day hearing. It's going to be in the Royal Courts of Justice in London. And that's going to be on the 11th of June, 2024. Uh, we thought it would be in March, but uh, there were some um, conflicts, uh, I think, between various attorneys, Ofcom and on our end, or barristers, I should say. Uh, so the 11th of June, 2024, that's going to be the place to be, the Royal Courts of Justice in London. And that's going to be with our, with our case against Ofcom. Skinny writes, I am absolutely gobsmacked by the jury's verdict. I knew things were bad, but this is beyond my most pessimistic estimate. How can six human beings inhabit this planet? Uh, Let's see, I'm just going to skip down here a little bit. Legend has it that six monkeys given typewriters in a million years can produce the entire works of Shakespeare. These six given the same typewriters in two million years couldn't produce so much as a single sentence. As for the verdict, if you hand over so much as half a penny to that fraudster, I'll personally beat you to death with your last remaining liberty stick. Tell that Jagoff to take it out the money he owes Tim Ball. As for me, I am retiring to the Maldives to await the inevitable waves emanating from the melting Antarctic to wash over my head. Care to join me? Well, that sounds like a good plan. The Maldives sound like a lovely place to be. Uh, to your point about the jury, I mean, one of the things that I think is is hard is, and if you watched in the WebEx, you would have noticed that there was a lot of interruptions with objections and hushers and things like that. And so the jury isn't isn't really getting, um, you know, the full story. And I, and, I, and I think they received a disjointed story. And a lot of that has to do with evidence that should have been ruled in or out, you know, several months ago, but then was just decided that day. Um, and I think that that created a bit of, uh, a bit of disjointed uh, presentation. And then, of course, you know, the obvious problems of the uh, summing up by uh, by Williams at the end, which Andrew Curl uh, from Lexington, Kentucky, is is quite concerned about. Hey, Mark, I know you are disappointed in the court decision. When I read the decision, I was momentarily crushed. But then I slapped myself and said, what did you really expect? I think we all hoped for a win, but knew that the odds were stacked against us. 
It was such an easy and overwhelmingly obvious case in your favor that I allowed myself to think that even six brainwashed D.C. Democrat jurors could see that too. What a putz I was for thinking that. Williams was a slimeball for throwing in the Trump comparison at the closing, but I don't think that mattered in the end. If deleted emails, slanderous comments, and outright lies from the stand didn't bother the jurors, I doubt the Trump comment held any sway. But he knew his audience, so he threw it in anyway. You probably lost on day one when they said you guest hosted for Rush and appeared on Fox News. They could have saved a lot of time and rested their case right then. Stay strong, Mark. Rest up and get as healthy as you can. We love you. Thanks, Andrew. I think that's, you know, that is an excellent point about uh, if anyone heard that sort of rebuttal argument from Williams right right at the end of the day of the closing statements. And, you know, he was talking about election deniers and Trump and this and that. And and there was a lot of and there was a lot of uh, stuff that actually shouldn't have been allowed in um, and in some jurisdictions would have caused a mistrial. Uh, Mark Lipniaki writes. My condolences and commiserations on recent outcomes. That system is indeed beneath contempt and beyond redemption. That constitution, so noble in intention, is now confined to that overflowing depository of... I can't say this word. Detritus and debris, the dust cart of the past. Should onerous insult be added to injury in terms of so-called damages, I'm sure many of us will be more than happy to rally around the flag of defrayment. Joel Long writes, Every day now, I awake to a strange world. I no longer live in a free and equal nation. The American judicial system was framed upon basic principles we all know. From the persecution of simple protesters as insurrectionists, while allowing to roam free, gloating street thugs who every day terrorize citizens. Nothing is rational. Wrong is indeed now right. Evil is good. And the devil does deal all the cards. The case against Mark Stein was a shame, as anyone who listened to any of the trial transcripts would know. I now can say I know and support a martyr for freedom, Mark Stein. And let's just take a break from reading some of these many uh, messages uh, to uh, remember uh, Toby Keith. He died earlier this week of stomach cancer at the age of 62. And so as we consider uh, the American court justice system and the defraying, uh, let's hear courtesy of the red, white, and blue. American girls and American guys will always stand up and salute. We'll always recognize when we see your glory flying. There's a lot of men dead, so we can sleep in peace at night when we lay down our heads. My daddy served in the army. We lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard Till the day that he died, he wanted my mother, my brother, my sister and me To grow up and live happy in the land of the free Now this nation that I love is falling under attack Amen. 
sucker punch came flying in from somewhere in the back soon as we could see clearly through our big black eye man we lit up your world like the fourth of died uh not last week maybe i think the weekend before mike gill uh and he was a former trump official uh he was actually killed uh just a few blocks uh from where we were staying near the uh near the courthouse he was shot he was sitting outside uh looking to pick up his wife Uh, he was shot in the head during a carjacking um and uh, former President Donald Trump called for the federal government to take over Washington, D.C., following the murder of a notable government official in a violent carjacking spree. This is what he's, uh, this is what has just come out in the last couple of days. He was a father of three. Um, thankfully, we, we did stay safe while we were in D.C., but it is, it's a strange land and it's a lawless land. Um, Joel Long writes, Every day now, I awake to a strange world. I no longer live in a free and equal nation. The American judicial system was framed upon basic principles we all know, from the persecution of simple protesters as insurrectionists, while allowing to roam free gloating gloating street thugs who every day terrorize citizens. Nothing is rational. Wrong is indeed... Sorry, actually, we just did this one. Thank you for bringing your 
Uh, Bill Holcomb writes, Hi, Mark. Thank you for bringing your considerable intellectual gifts into the fight for rational civilizational ideals. No jury verdict can diminish your stellar Renaissance mind. My hockey stick hangs proudly in my office. Since prejudicial jurisdictional rules, dumbed-down jury pools, and pre-existing ideological emotions render American court, quote-unquote, justice impossible, should those of us who wish to continue publicly arguing against the insanity stick to the generality of the ideas without mentioning specific people or studies? Do you see any other way forward, or do we all wave our white flags and enjoy quiet evening cocktails and the occasional symphony or opera, <clears throat> symphony or opera while such dwindling civilizational pleasures still exist? Brando writes, Man has to now declare all that free legal help as income, right? That's a that's an excellent question. I'm not actually sure um, at what point that does does uh, kick in and trigger that kind of thing. If he is actually receiving uh, funding uh, from that uh, group that John Abraham started, his witness, uh, that's now a 501c3. So certainly, people that are donating to that are getting a tax deduction. Um, and uh, that would be interesting to know that that actually is not being counted as income to him either. Tom, let's see. Just gonna look. Oh, yeah, another one on man's fees. Tom Growth writes, I've had a knot in my stomach since that jury announced their verdict yesterday. Can't even imagine how Mark is feeling. I'm praying for you, rooting for you, and have bought all your books and two Liberty Sticks. I've also talked to several freedom-loving friends about this case, and we're all sickened, sad beyond words. I can't give up, but if I could, I would. Mark, thank you for your courage, wisdom, and inspiration. I've learned from you for a couple decades now, and have passed on what I've learned to others. Keep up the great work. Many people are behind you, although many more should be. Will we ever find out who paid micro man's legal fees? What's next? Well, to that point, Tom, I think that once it's now in a 501c3, that does make it harder to find out who the donors uh, are to it uh, in a way that's different uh, from, say, a 501c4. Chris, I don't know, I think we did that one already. Uh, Dr. Roy, Dr. Roy Epen writes, Dear Mark, I'm just seething with rage. The U.S. justice system has shown itself to be ridiculous. There should have been a directed verdict. Man proved nothing. It is just a way to silence critics of the climate scam. Well, that, that still could happen. Um, there, that is a possibility. It, it is sitting with a judge, and uh, he, he can rule on that if he wants a directed verdict. Brian from Minneapolis writes, Dear Mark, the truth no longer dies in darkness, but in a D.C. courtroom. Just as Geert Wilders found out about the truth isn't a defense because the truth is illegal, so is the truth about man and the hockey stick. I hoped for sanity from the jury, but expecting those who have been taught and believe man's predictions got us to where we are now. And we'd be lost without him, is a pipe dream. In the end, no one will know the facts from the case because the ends justify the means when it comes to climate change. And anyone who fights it will lose. How can we have faith in any system of justice when the jury believes in the very thing you're trying to defend against? I hope you do well in your fight to pay man 
<clears throat> I, I hope you do well in your fight to not pay man millions. I think you mean to say, Brian, stay well and don't let the Russian block judges steal the gold away from you again. Thanks, Brian. Eric Dale. Mark and fellow club members, are we approaching our betters all wrong? Shouldn't we be grateful that we have a judicial system that chastises so effectively those who would blaspheme the holy writ of the well-credentialed and connected? Why should we be burdened with thinking for ourselves when the selfless are so willing to thank for us? May peace be upon man, Biden, and communion of saints in the Democratic Party and World Economic Forum. And in parentheses, he writes, yes, this is sarcasm. Well, you have to keep a sense of humor about these things or you, or you will go nuts, Eric. Keith Farrell writes, Sorry to hear Mark has had to stand down and many thanks for taking over. The result was extremely disappointing after having listened to the poor evidence on man's behalf and then to hear the judge criticize their case. Stay strong and enjoy your cruise. Kevin Blaze writes, The judgment is overshadowing the biggest concern with this case, that it ever was allowed to go to trial in the first place. There is no place in a free society with free speech for lawsuits about hurt feelings. This is what needs to be addressed, not the amount. And I'm sure Mark will agree the award was nothing compared to the cost, time, and energy of the 12-year case itself. The Supreme Court of the United States should make it clear that these suits will not be tolerated in the future. And, oh, by the way, liberals should be careful what they ask for, because based on this decision, Trump should be able to sue every single person who made a comment about people drinking Lysol or any number of other things they defamed him with. Keep up the good fight, Mark. I, I mean, that's that's an interesting idea, except, the, you know, there's more of them than there are of us. So I don't know that Trump will be able to sue every single person who's made that comment. But, you know, going back to this first point about um, it being allowed to go to trial in the first place, I think one of the early and sort of fatal mistakes in this case was it being allowed to stay in um the D.C. Superior Court. It really should have been removed to the federal court based on the uh, diversity of the defendants at the time. Uh, there was Mark, who's not a D.C. resident, has nothing to do with D.C. Uh, there was Mann, same thing, resident of Pennsylvania. Uh, Rand Simberg, uh, who I think is out in California. Uh, the only D.C. connection, I think, was CEI. Uh, NR is based in New York. And so I think that that would have been a good case to remove to the federal court. And perhaps if it was in a federal court, it would have been before, you know, maybe a uh, certainly higher caliber judge than the first judge that we had in the superior court system. And and I do think that that, that would have been um, a better place to be. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. And, uh, and so it did wind up going to trial, uh, you know, after 12 years. And uh, but it's not it's not the end, uh, as as Mark has indicated several times. This is just one of the steps along the along the road. We all knew that this was going to be appealed by you know by their side, uh, regardless of the outcome, because they they want to bring NR and CI back in, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, Mike Huggins writes, "I am not sure what to say here, other than the verdict verdicts were stunning." in their absolute horribleness and wrongness. 
It confirmed all my worst fears about the New World Progressive Order. The Red Guardsmen of today have basically taken over. I do wish Mark better things and a better life after this. For the rest of us, I guess, to the barricades. Well, I think that, again, is the silver lining that uh, that uh, was mentioned uh, earlier on <clears throat> by one of the club members, is that, you know, now, you know, Mark has done the heavy lifting of the trial. And as we go forward, it's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, filing of papers and appeals. But, you know, Mark won't have to have that direct relationship to it in the way he's had to for this trial. And that's a good thing. He'll be able to, to focus on, on uh, more interesting and, uh, and better things. David Taylor writes, Mark, I wonder if the Democrat Party's extraordinarily grueling and crushing eight-year torment of President Trump, which may lapse into a back-breaking eternity of Democrat-led proxy lawfare and Trump's seemingly Yoda-like tolerance of such gut-wrenching political depravity, gave you any sucker or perspective during your own bedevilment from Michael Mann. Lastly, Mark, my grief for your travails is only matched by my admiration of you as a forthright human being. Go forward into the light. <clears throat> well, certainly this is part of the same uh, larger war. I mean, as, as perfectly exemplified by William's rebuttal statement at the end of the day on Wednesday, in which he started talking about Trump and quote-unquote election deniers and, uh, you know, lumping uh, it all into their, uh, I don't know, grand plan to silence uh, everyone that isn't on board with the agenda. Alyssa Angel writes, Melissa, thanks for stepping in to do the Q&A. We can see you online. You've done the Q&A before, but I don't know that much about you. Would you tell us a bit about your background and how you've ended up at the Stein Club? You must be exhausted, too. Get some rest. <clears throat> Well, uh, Alyssa, uh, my background is uh, mainly in politics. Um, and I did actually work for the Senate for several years. I worked for Bob Smith, and I worked for Johnny Sununu uh, in the Senate, based in New Hampshire. And uh, during that time, I ran into Mark, and he was just this musical comedy boy writing a uh, book on Broadway and uh, asked me to help him do some of that work. And uh, so that's that's how I came to wind up uh, in the Stein Club many, many years ago, back in the 90s. <clears throat> uh, it was interesting being in D.C., um, you know, because I had worked in the Senate before, but, but based in the state, uh, I really would only go to D.C. for, um, you know, joint staff meetings or trainings or things like that. But it is, it's a strange, it's a strange town. Um, you know, there are lovely people that are there that work there, as I mentioned earlier, but it is, it's, it's a beast in and of itself and uh, very grateful to be, uh, to be short of that place now. Cliff Raymond writes, is there any chance for a directed verdict from the judge? Uh, yeah, we had a question about that before. That's still pending with the judge and certainly that is a possibility. Um, so we can continue to pray that 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 might uh, that might happen. Let's just go through. Just gonna sort of scroll up to see where we got here. Janet 
Oh, Jeanette. Jeanette Cock writes, I joined yesterday because I was shocked and appalled by the verdict. Is there no chance of overturn on appeal? Yeah, I do think there's a good chance of that. And uh, certainly our, our lawyers are presenting all those options, and we'll keep you all updated on that as that process goes along. Chris O. writes, Mark, some veteran trial lawyers will tell you that you're not a real trial lawyer until a jury has completely screwed you over. So congratulations on joining a club you never wanted to be a member of. Justice Alito was certainly prescient all those years ago. The verdict was obviously the product of some irrational prejudice and unsupported by the law or evidence, so it's on to getting the grave injustice done to you straightened out. I apologize my questions involve the dull legal folderol you abhor, but the answers are of interest. Did Judge Irving ever rule on the defendant's J-Malls? So this is the Rule 50 um, uh, that we've been talking about. And if so, what explanation did he give for why he denied them? He hasn't ruled on them yet, so uh, uh, we're, we're waiting to hear. And then if he denies them, we'll let you know what he says. What schedule, if any, is there for filing and hearing post-trial motions? Will Simberg be joining you in filing such motions? Um, I do think that there will be some uh, motions. I, I don't exactly know the whole schedule. There was a lot of talk of that at the end of the day, um, that there'll be some filings coming out uh, in the next few weeks. Uh, but we'll update you here on those. Tim Boggs, a.k.a. Midwestern Tim, writes, just throwing this out there. Happy for you to take a ride in the bed of my pickup to cross the border of your choice. It would be an honor. That's uh, t- uh, Tim here is referencing uh, Mark's famous offer to uh, Conrad Black to put him in the back of his pickup truck and drive him across the border when he faced the similar uh, diseased and corrupt U.S. justice system. Andy writes, sue the airline for a suitcase worth of compensatory damages and a million and one punitive exclamation. Is it just me or is a deep state trying to spell out something for us in describing Biden as a sympathetic, well-intentioned, ancient man of poor? Memory? Swamp him. This might be easier to see online, but... uh, yeah, I gather there was an interesting video that, that came out last night from him that uh, shows him in sort of a frozen state. Kyle from Chicago writes, Mr. Stein, did you lose your bespoke trousers in the suitcase snafu? I'm sure it's not cheap replacing garments altered for the <laughs> for the Jupiter-sized balls you have to lug around. I was enthralled by your courtroom performance. I am not naive, but you destroyed man's case so brutally and comprehensively that the swift and insane verdict came as a real shock. I've rejoined the club after a few years' lapse to chip in my meager contribution to your trouser replacement fund. At 40, I am probably among your youngest loyal readers for over a decade now. As a father and business owner, you are a profound inspiration to me. Take care of yourself and hold your head high. Thank you, Kyle, and welcome back to the club. It's very, uh, very much appreciated. I've never really met anyone as brave as Mark uh, to go into that setting and to face them and to do so and to be true to himself and true to what he believes and not uh, shy away from speaking that in plain language and not getting caught up in legal euphemisms. 
Glenn Flint writes, Hi, Mark. God bless you and your battle to defend America's First Amendment in a country that has lost its way and its constitution. I'm perplexed by the jury's verdict and subsequent award of $1 for compensatory damages and $1 million for punitive damages. If damages amount to only $1, then are there any real damages? But damage is a necessary component of defamation. Thus, no case to answer. Is the million dollars to punish you for having the temerity to question the credibility of a, quote, Nobel laureate who is apparently unable to get his facts straight on the amount of grant funding he lost, but must be believed on his temperature data for the Middle Ages? I mean, this is actually, I mean, for those who caught Mark's closing, um, or if you didn't catch it, please do check it out at uh, Ann and Phelan's podcast. This this was uh, an incredible thing that happened in the last week of the case, where they they put forward numbers in front of man, basically suborning perjury, uh, and um, they paid no price. They paid no price. They they put up a board that said nine million dollars, and they let it sit there, and they only rectified it when our uh, co-defendants counsel. Uh, crossed them on it. Uh, Let's see, further from Glenn, he says, earlier, wasn't man going to appeal regardless of the outcome? If he won, he'd drag National Review back in to mine their deep pockets. If he lost, he'd continue to torture you with the appeals process. Is this still their strategy? Yes, I think it is. That's, they did announce that uh, yesterday. Um, He did tell the Washington Post that uh, I think it the words were you know they're next we're 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 coming for you next. Rest up for your upcoming bout with Ofcom. Your fellow GB News presenter Neil Oliver was cleared by Ofcom for his thought crimes. Perhaps the First Amendment is alive and well in the UK. Rest up for a little Liberty Stick shuffleboard on the Lido deck. I've got a custom man puck that we can smack the heck out of. <laughs> well, that maybe that's another item that can be. Uh, maybe offered in the store. But uh, I don't think the First Amendment is alive and well in the UK. They don't have uh, such things. But I I was interested to see, and I haven't actually had a chance to delve into it too deeply, but was pleased to see that our um, that Mark's friend and uh, former uh, colleague at GB uh, did clear, I think he was talking about this um, turbo cancer problem uh, with the vaccines. And uh, and many, I think, seventy people complained to Ofcom, and uh, and he got away without a without a warning on that, uh, which was sort of amazing. Uh, Robert Stewart. Oh yeah, we, okay, we did do the uh, the Michael Gill's carjacking. Uh, da 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 Let's look and see if there's anything else we need to go through here. Ball Bounces in Tucson writes, Is it too soon to suggest possible book titles? No case to answer. No skin in the game. Verdict on trial. Stein in the penalty box. Justice denied. Free speech versus the hockey stick. And penalty with penalty spelled P-E-N-N-A-L-T. Why? That's those are some great suggestions, and we'll certainly take those on board. Ball bounces. Well, thank you all for joining us. There's so many messages to get through, and I do hope that you'll have a chance uh, to look through them and share your own thoughts.
uh, and we'll continue this conversation and update you as as it progresses through these uh, through these appeal processes. But for now, um, you know, one of the themes in um, Mark's presentations in court was that he was a foreigner in the D.C. court system. So I thought we'd take a listen to Leon Russell, Stranger in a Strange Land.
Thanks for joining us here at Clubland Q&A. Stick with us over the weekend for Rick McGinnis's Saturday Night Movie Date and on Sunday, Stein's Song of the Week. Stay safe, stay free, stay well, and stay out of court. Clubland Q&A is a production of Mark Stein Enterprises and Oak Hill Media. All rights reserved.